Folks, we've got a great show today. We're talking all things peppers. Welcome to the Road by Road Gardening Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the internet, where we talk about gardening, a little bit of cooking, and growing your own food. Now sit back and enjoy. Hey, I'm Greg, and we got Peter with Simnus on here. Peter, would you say peppers is your thing? It's, uh, it's my thing, yeah. It's your thing. Yeah, we love to talk about peppers because everybody loves to grow peppers. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking everything about peppers. And then at the end of the show, we got a tidbit of great information for you about some things that's happening in the pepper industry in the near future. So stay tuned for that. But first of all, here we are. Now you live in North Carolina. I do. Your, gar seven. your garden is mostly frosted out, yeah. Mostly frosted out. Here in South Georgia, I want to show you what we got coming. This is yep. the end of October now. Yep. End of October. Look at there. Yeah, beautiful. It is. Yep, about as good as it gets. Yep. And we've got pepper <laughs> the end of October. I don't know what variety is, but I'm almost sure it's a Simnus variety. Probably. <laughs> if it's from Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got Max Pack Cucumber that's coming in. Great pickle mm -hmm. that's coming in. And our sweet corn is is loaded up and it's ready. It is pretty out there. It is pretty. Now this is ambrosia, mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite varieties to grow in the fall of the year. You know how it is when you, you have success with a variety, it's hard to get off of it. Well, it's been a standard for a long time. Look at that one right there. Mm -hmm. That didn't fill out all the way to the top, but it's not unusual in the fall. Really? No. Not at and all. you know, I've noticed the stalks in the fall don't get near as tall. It's all day length, photo period right. driven. Yeah. Not not uncommon at all. Probably actually to be expected. Yeah. I seen some last night or yesterday afternoon that was it was tossing out this tall. Now that may be in trouble, hadn't it? Well, we you know, all the breeders are trying to select fall genetics oh, really? differently, but to get more plant, to get more ear length, because typically with day length, ear length and plant height are reduced. Back in the day, when you and I were younger men, mm -hmm. it was unheard of to have fall corn. Yep. But nowadays, it's pretty much a given. It's, yeah, well, chain stores demand it, consumers mm -hmm. demand it, uh, and we can do it, so. Man, good stuff. Yep, need a pot. Need a pot. <laughs> boil it up, I may boil me up a, this weekend, I think I'm gonna boil me up a big pot of it. I like to put butter in there, I like to put a little crab boil in there. Yeah, a lot of people do that. And, uh, and boil it up, yep. Throw a little Frank's hot sauce in there. Yep, yep. All right, so we're talking peppers. How long have you been in the industry, Peter? 32 years. 32 years, and your primary focus is corn and peppers? Well, in North Carolina, we're, we're strongest, seminous in the commercial side in, in peppers and, and sweet corn, that'd be true. But we cover you know all the species. But in terms of my time, I spend a lot of time in pepper, for sure, and a lot of time in corn, for sure. Yeah. And uh, Seminus pretty much owns the commercial paper market. We're, we're probably the most dominant player, certainly in the eastern U.S., mm -hmm. western U.S. as well. Depends on some of the types, but for the most part, if you're eating a green bell pepper at a retailer or you're buying it from a grocery store, it's most likely ours. Right. So what we want to do is talk about all things peppers. But first thing we're going to do is go through each variety, oh, no, excuse me, variety, go through each type and just give a little bit to you on each type of pepper because they are several different types, but we've narrowed it down to probably about 10. And some of them are more better known than others. So yep. let's shoot through that. Let's talk about bell peppers. Obviously the most commonly grown. Mm -hmm. uh, and nowadays, um, it's not just green bell. You can buy colored bell any time of year from retailers, but you can also grow colored bells mm -hmm. any time of year. And of course you got mini peppers now, mini bells that are out there of different types. So 
most widely grown, probably the most widely used from a culinary home, mm -hmm. home you know, kitchen perspective. Uh, so bell peppers are pretty much the, a stalwart in everybody's garden for sure. My least favorite. Well, they're they're, you know, they're kind of in things, but not a thing, if that yeah. makes sense. There's something about the bell peppers, the end taste on bell pepper that I don't care for. Yeah, I, I use them a lot. They're, you know, I like them stir If you don't like spicy pepper, and you right. know, uh, the folks in New Orleans would, would have issues with oh, you yeah. not liking <laughs> bell pepper. So uh, the green, the yellow, and the red, how do we get a green, yellow, and a red? Do we plant different varieties, or do we harvest them at different times? We harvest them at different times. Every bell pepper will turn a color, mm -hmm. um, but all are green for the most part. Uh, they'll start green and turn to a color. Mm -hmm. So, uh, any so green, if I left this pepper out there, it's going to turn. It's going to turn a color. A color depends on what variety it is as to what the color is. Mm -hmm. Red is dominant, so uh, most green bell peppers in the commercial space will turn red. Mm -hmm. Um, over time, we have bred them, not just us, but the industry has bred them to stay green longer. So if you want, as a consumer or as a gardener, a red variety, you'll want to choose something actually that is marketed to you as a red variety because that means that the breeder has developed it to be harvested as a red product. So it's in a mature state at the red. It's more, it is a mature pepper at its colored phase, yes. Right. Green bell peppers are always immature. Okay, so how do we know when to harvest bell pepper? Green is generally a firmness thing, mm -hmm. and uh, you could, it, it's probably hard to see on the camera, but it doesn't look ready in the sense that it looks soft. Right. When it gets, uh, it'll, get a, it'll get a firmer look to it and a firmer feel to it. Uh, that's when you know it's a mature green. And obviously when it turns color or starts to break the color, for most home gardeners, it's probably easy to start to see it break color and then pick and it, then pick it off. That's interesting right there. Because then you know it's mature, right. uh, but you're not. Even the green ones? Yeah, even the green ones. Okay. I mean, it, in terms of your culinary use and dicing it, cutting it up, having, having firmness to the product, as soon as you start to see it break a little bit of color, you know it's physiologically ma mature as a green, as much as it's going to be as a green, let's put it that way. Right. Right. Or but you it, can leave it and let it go to full red, yellow, right. orange. But you could eat a, a red at the breaking stage as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. It happens all the time. We have right. plenty of customers that grow varieties they buy from us as a red variety. If the market's good, they'll harvest it green. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we get that question a lot of times. When do I pick my peppers? So yeah, it's more of a feel thing. I mean, you know, I've done it so many years. You can, you can basically just touch it and know if it's mature or not mm -hmm. for, for mature green harvest. But... Um, most, I think most home gardeners, once they make the mistake, yeah, they'll they'll know. Yep. So we got green, red, and yellow. Now that's that's the colors of bell peppers. No, these purple out there, aren't they? There's purple, and that's it's kind just of a, a lot of anthocyanin expression. Um, not, it really, not, is not any different. We're not going to ask you to spell that. No, I will <laughs> even try, but I know the word, but uh, yeah. can't spell it. It's just most of the words I know I can't spell. <laughs> So the purple is kind of one of those unique things. We don't see that many of those. There's purple. There's lilac. Lilac. There's chocolate. Yeah, um, never, chocolate. We got a chocolate. And you know, grow them all. Yeah. Uh, try all of them. I mean, they're 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 all out there. They're red's dominant. So mm -hmm. um, uh, any bell pepper variety that has red in either one of the parents is going to be red. Are they much different in flavor of different varieties that you are aware of? Or is a bell pepper a bell pepper? Pretty much a bell pepper is a bell pepper. Okay. Um, there definitely is a change when it goes from green to a color. There's mm -hmm. obviously more sweetness uh, there. 
uh, culinary wise but uh, and that's a reason like in a lot of your cuisines they'll either designate a, use a green or use a colored pepper because there is a sweetness factor that's there but um, for the most part green bell pepper tastes like green bell pepper and for the most part red yellow and orange taste the same because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. all the difference is the pigments right all right, it's Poblano, which is one of my favorite peppers. Everybody's got their favorites. Poblano's is in my top three. It's favorite. Yeah, pepper. probably the after jalapenos, the number two most widely grown uh, of the of the more Hispanic of, of type varieties. Uh, and Poblano and Ancho are the same thing. So you mm -hmm. see those terms used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. um, not only at the, not only at the farmer level, but just in the consumer level. But they are they are the same they are the same product. It, it, technically, one turns brown and one turns red. In terms of the way they, they actually view it, same uh, thing on them as far as maturity. Wait, they start almost, to... always always harvested green unless they're going to be used for some sort of processing, drying, okay. or something like that. Okay. But from a consumer culinary perspective, we're largely, if not exclusively, harvesting them green. And you want to pick that poblano when the size gets what you think is right. Size because it's going to be basically immature when you pick it the green or not. It's it's physiologically immature, but it will go from a softness to a more firm you know, feel and you'll, that's when it's firmer, you'll know it's, it's, it's larger. Right. You, want, you don't want to, you don't want to pick it when it's really, truly soft. Right. And normally if you got a good healthy plant, you're going to get a pretty large mm -hmm. problem. And most of the varieties now, particularly ones y'all are offering uh, your growers, yeah, they're mm -hmm. fairly large. You're selecting that type. Anaheim. Yeah. Anaheim, very common. Um, you know, there's a lot of good varieties, a lot of good hybrids out there, not very low heat. Mm -hmm. So you're going up kind of up the scale. From no heat to a little bit of heat. Most animals have a little Have heat. a better flavor to me than Bell's do. Correct. And the hatch chili everyone's so familiar with out in New Mexico mm -hmm. is in Anaheim. Okay. So they're they're that's botanically an Anaheim type. Okay. Um very low low very low pungency, very good eating quality, harvested green, mm -hmm. very rarely harvested red. Uh and it's it's of stalwart in most grocery stores. Very popular in northern Africa. Okay. Serrano. So Serrano, you're going to get a heat, um, probably the most widely grown or widely used variety or type in Mexico. They use more Serranos than jalapenos, at least from a culinary perspective. I did not know that. Mo mo a lot of your jalapenos come here, uh, but it's hotter, more immediate heat. It's m one of my favorite types. Uh, a lot of good varieties out there. Um, generally want, you know, you harvest them green as well. There is some, some use for red ones, but for the most part, they're consumed green. And the next is Mr. Habanero, which is one of the, as far as name recognition, Habanero has a lot of name recognition. Mm -hmm. I'm not, heat, I'm not a big fan of heat, but I will tell you, I've had some pepper jelly made out of Habanero mm -hmm. several times, and it is my favorite pepper jelly is the Habanero flavor. Habanero has a great flavor if you can get by with the heat. Now, we have a heatless one. Yeah, a heatless one. But we do have the, the, the regular Habanero, and I love the actual flavor of a Habanero. Yeah, and I would encourage you. Know, you're, you're marketing mostly the hybrid ones, mm -hmm. and one of the historical problems with habaneros in a home garden environment is they're just very late maturity. Mm -hmm. Hybrids have come along and really pushed that maturity forward two weeks, three weeks. So, from a home gardener's perspective, anyone a raised bed or anything, or like where I'm at, zone seven, you almost have to grow a hybrid one, on, or, or you're not going to have peppers until September. Even if you plant early spring? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just, they're just 100, wow. 110, 115, 120 days on the OP types, generally speaking, and the hybrids are in the 90, you know, upper 90s to or low mm -hmm. 100s. So if you're if you really want habaneros and you're 
really any zone, but particularly if you're up where I'm at, zone seven, zone six, uh, you're going to want to grow the hybrids. Right. Uh, and a couple of the, uh, well, let's get to Cheyenne. Cheyenne is one of those widely known peppers, too, well, pepper types. Yeah, they're called Cayennes or Cheyennes, depending on who you're, where you're at. And they're, most of their origins in Northern Africa. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, this is where the one that gets confusing. Cayenne. I guess Cayenne's Cayenne's the, the, you'll hear that I term. I said Cheyenne. Cayenne is the, the best way to pronounce there's that. A, there's the smaller types that mm -hmm. are sort of pencil width that mm -hmm. kind of twist. That's the ones we put in our, 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 our hot sauce for our greens. Yep, that's more typical. And then there's also longer types. We sell one called Messia. It's used in one of the more popular hot sauces, which mm -hmm. I can't name, but that type is a little lower pungency and more more widely used as like an Italian hot. You'll hear me mm -hmm. call that. Mm -hmm. But they're also technically and botanically out of Africa, cayenne. Okay. So you'll hear that term interchangeably, but the, the in the U.S., the most commonly used cayenne verbiages for that smaller thinner type right pretty good pungency you know um, yeah you know people grow up for, for its heat right a couple of the lesser known types is ricotta am i saying that right? ricotta? ricotta i think it's ricotta it's uh it's out of um south america mm -hmm. and they call it an apple pepper mm -hmm. because its shape is more apple like right and it's it's really cool looking and you harvest it at a red phase mm -hmm. so it's one of the first ones on your list you actually harvest at a red phase uh habaneros you obviously harvest it orange or red but right this one is, is a unique type. I did a little research on it. I'm going to probably grow some next year. They're really just neat looking, mm -hmm. and they're not overwhelmingly hot. Right. And something everybody should try. It's pretty interesting. Probably type. full of flavor. You just would have, you would have want to hope It's a big plant type from what I could gather. It's, it's um, all up and pollinated, but that that's it's one that's so unique. I'm going to try to get some seed mm -hmm. look at it myself next year. Pretty cool type. And the, the last type we're going to talk about is Pira Pira. Piri Piri is uh, African origin. Mm -hmm. um, it's one that's sort of the darling of some of your um, self-savers, particularly in, in Europe. Uh, they make a lot of cool hot sauces out of it. A very small pepper, big plant. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's technically a bird chili, but it's it's in that sort of vein, it long have, limbs on it. Yeah, it would have peppers. more of that growth habit than some of these ornamental peppers. Correct. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's uh, harvested red, mm -hmm. but it is pretty spicy. It's yep. not as spicy as a habanero, but in the list you gave, it's probably the second hottest one on the list. Right. But very good pepper. Yeah. So, you know, growing peppers can be challenging for the home gardener. Particularly for home gardeners. And it yeah. also can be challenging for us more seasoned gardeners sometimes mm -hmm. because of seed germination. Let's talk about germinating seeds. Now, in my experience, I don't have any problem germinating some of the peppers out there. The hot peppers seem to be more troublesome to germinate. But sometimes time and heat are not on my side. It takes me a little bit longer to germinate in what I want them to take, and uh, patience is not a virtue of mine. Well, pepper, pepper seed, uh, anytime you see a germ test for pepper seed, understand it's a 14-day test. Mm -hmm. So it's different than corn or some other crops. There are seven days. So germination tests are not done on the same day depending on the species. That's number one, but pepper do take longer. Pepper and tomatoes both take longer. Mm -hmm. um, do they, do they, I know on some of our tomatoes, they prime the seeds. Correct. Do they? Do y'all prime any of the pepper there seeds? There was a, a time back in the past where, where there was a good bit of prime pepper seed, but that is really not done much anymore. Okay, um, okay. Not, not really any need to, um, right. quite honestly, because um, pepper seed are not traditionally pelleted. Right. So some of the priming in tomatoes was done to help tomatoes come through being pelleted. Okay, so let's talk about... What you could do as far as soil medium, and I, I, I'm assuming we want to use a sterile Correct. soil medium. Mm -hmm. 
That's, like we would that's, that's unequivocally true. Yeah, and we won't do that for, for use, several different reasons. new media and clean media. New media and clean media. Mm -hmm. A good heat mat. Good heat mat and a media that doesn't hold a lot of moisture. Okay, because you want it to drain out of there. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the problems we have with some of our seed start kits, and, and people, I probably need to convey this message better, but if you got a bottom tray and you're laying that tray down in that bottom tray, it can't drain. So set that tray up on something, nuts and bolts, anything. Just get it off there so it will drain. Those bottom trays are meant to just collect the excess water. Yeah. But that media has got to drain out. If not, you're going to be running into Yeah, you'll issues. basically suffocate the seed because right. it needs air. Yep. And if the, if the media is completely saturated, there's no air going right. to the seed. It's just going to simply I'm rot. not a big fan of bottom water. Oh, you talk floating? Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm not a big not fan. Com of, not commonly done. Not for the home garden. Either. Now, if the commercial guy's doing it, they got a little more systems there. Very little peppers floated. Really? Mm -hmm. Very little. Okay. And uh, how about how long? I mean, the regular peppers, normally we can get them out of there if uh, two weeks. Some of these hot peppers take forever mm -hmm. to germinate. Yeah, habaneros particularly, but even you go to super hot, it's even longer. Right. Um, I mean, poke around in there as long as you've got a radical emerging and the seed does not appear to have to be, you know, rotted or swelled up and, and then rotted, just leave it there. Keep the yeah. heat to it. It just does take some peppers very long. 85 degrees if you can get it. 85 degrees yep. is a good temperature. 85 and 90. If you can hold it in there, that'd be perfect. Right. High humidity, ideally. Mm -hmm. So if you had a dome, you could put it on there to uh, to keep that humidity. That would be best. And, uh, and then patience. Yeah, and as soon as... To keep them from getting leggy, as soon as you see them start to cook or push out of ground, take them off the heat. Yep, and put them on that light mm -hmm. immediately. I tell people, when you see that first little bit of green, you got to get it under a light right then, or yep. you're going to have a leggy plant. When do you transplant peppers? Do you go by height of plant, or do you go by root mass? Because I really, we, we, I really don't go by either. Okay. I usually go by stem firmness, how, how sturdy the plant seems, because you can have, depending on the tray size, depending on the grower, depending on how runny hot or cold they've run the greenhouse you can you can have a tall plant that's still really tender and shouldn't be planted mm -hmm. you can have a you know generally you don't want to have them too root bound that obviously once you get past a, a point where the brutes are bound you, you need to get them out of the tray right. regardless but i don't you, you can't use height sometimes because if you make a little air and you get a little bit of a leggy plant and you plant a plant that's not ready to go to the field even but just because it's tall wind's going to get it it's just not going to work so mm -hmm. Uh, I'd usually go more when we're doing our trialing, we go by how firm that stem is. Does the plant feel, bend, have a toughness to it that will tell you it can right. go to the field? Right. And you never want to direct seed peppers. It's not done. Uh, yeah. Particularly with hybrid peppers, but even in the even in the in the world now where they're growing pepper for drying and they're growing mm -hmm. a relative cheap product, they're yeah. always transplanting. The home gardener should always hundred percent always always use a transplanted mm -hmm. pepper there. Um, Let's talk about some growing tips on peppers. Now, down here where we live, we have the common pest, but in the springtime, thrips is a big problem yeah. for ours. You can always tell thrips because it's going to crinkle those leaves at yeah. the tops, particularly the new growth when it first comes out there. Uh, so thrips was our biggest issue. What about y'all's guys in zone Well, seven? we don't have as much of an issue with thrips on that. Our thrips for us, the main issue is, is transmitting tomato spotted wilt virus. Mm -hmm. And pretty much from North Carolina, zone seven, down through the Georgia zones into texas and now even up through central california i mean if you're going to grow bell pepper or really any pepper if you can select a variety that has tomato spotted wilt resistance 
you should because it's going to dramatically improve the chances of a, of a good outcome. And for you guys, it's not really familiar with that. It's that same disease we focus on tomatoes. Correct. Uh, that slams. will kill it overnight. You ever walked outside there and your plant just wielded out overnight, looked like it was gone? More likely that was your issue. Doesn't do that quite as that dramatic on pepper, mm -hmm. but it will cause a lot of leaf distortion. It'll cause just a big stunting to it, and your pepper will have this sort of scabby look to them, and mm -hmm. you'll stun. You, you don't want to do anything with them. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it can be a big problem. Okay. Uh, what about other insects? Well, you obviously got to watch out for your traditional, you know, your traditional worms that will lay an egg, go into the, the fruit yeah. and hatch there. We don't have weevil issues here in, in, in North Carolina. Y'all don't really have them much in Georgia. I have, uh, have customers that are in Florida and in Texas that have pepper weevil issues. What and is that? It lays, it's a little uh, insect, like a weevil. It basically lays an egg on the pod right at the cap and the egg hatches and feeds inside the pod and hatches there and bores its way back out. Wow. And it can be pretty bad in Georgia, in Florida at times. It can be pretty bad in Texas at times. But other than that, it doesn't appear to be much of it. The biggest issue we have is stink bugs. Okay. That's my biggest issue in my garden. It's one of the biggest issues for my commercial guys. Uh, they, are, they are tough. And they're particularly bad in pepper because they can get in that canopy. They're hard to control. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they pierce the fruit and, and will either cause an ugly fruit that you don't really know why it didn't ripen properly or just outright cause the pepper to decay and rot. Uh, fungal diseases. Not as bad in pepper as it is as bacterial diseases are mm -hmm. traditionally. We don't have a lot of issues you will see in thracnose. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons a typical home gardener should be careful about really crowding pepper is either green food or red food and thracnose are two different diseases, but they're the same, uh, they're similar. Uh, and once you get it into fruit, it's really hard to control. Mm -hmm. So uh, not a lot of fungal pathogens, but the one you do need to be aware of is in thracnose and airflow through the plant will. So plant those peppers far enough so they can breathe. Yeah, and most home gardeners, unlike commercial guys, want to pick pepper for a long time, mm -hmm. right? So the more space you give them to, to go out, the, the more in longevity of harvest right. you'll have. Nematodes. Yeah, nematodes are kind of a hidden thing. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit there yeah. at the end, but nematodes can be, and especially for people that can't rotate like they should. Yeah, rotation is the key to nematodes. They're, they're, an, they're not an emerging problem because it's always been a problem, but I think the home garden community, particularly as we've gone to smaller space gardening, mm -hmm is realizing, wow, once I have a nematode problem, I really have a problem. Yep. What is your favorite pepper? Uh, my favorite pepper is uh, one called Flaming Flare. It's a hybrid Fresno chili. Yeah. It, it's to a red, some people call them red jalapenos, although that's not technically true. But it looks like a red jalapeno. It's a point, it looks like a pointed red okay. jalapeno. Okay. It's hotter than a jalapeno. Uh, a lot of your uh, celebrity chefs use it in place of jalapeno mm -hmm. in, in dishes where, the, where it's visible because it's bright red. Uh, we have one only hybrid I know of in a commercial space called Flaming Flare, and it's a, it, it's not only beautiful fruit; it's actually somewhat of an ornamental plant because the the red contrasts with the green. Right. It's a pretty pretty pepper. That's my favorite pepper to grow. Mine is the pimentos. I love the pimentos because I love to stuff them and grill them. Poblanos is number two, of course, but the pimentos to me is yeah. I love the flavor of them. And I love stuffed peppers. We're uh, close on a new pimento type that will show oh, really? you in a year. Yeah, next yeah. year. Yeah, we we do a lot with the processors in California that do pimento. Yeah, the dicing and they use a very specific type out there, and I, I saw some new new lines out there that are pretty interesting. Cool. Okay, debunking pepper mist. Now, uh, in social media and YouTube, we've mm -hmm. seen this in the last year. Facebook gardening groups everywhere about people talk about pruning the pepper plants. When I first saw this, I said, man, this just don't seem right to me. 
Yeah, and I, I've never seen, it's not done at all commercially. Uh, none of the genetics anyone would be using were selected or advanced based on any sort of printing regime unlike tomatoes. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone's familiar with you printing tomatoes. Right. I think that's part of it. Yep. Is there's such a culture around printing tomatoes mm -hmm. that it seems logical that right. you would print pepper. And you know, the, the home garden community, they love to get caught up on little things they need to do. But that's one of them to me, you just need to leave it alone. I can't see any benefit of pruning a pepper plant. Not pruning the plant. I, I will say, in doing some research, some home garden communities talked about pruning off fruit. Oh, I can see that. And and that is something Especially that- Especially if you want to grow a big bell pepper Yeah, or something. you get a stunted plant, yeah. you get an issue in the garden yeah. and it throws a flower and it's right. got one fruit there, but right. you can see the plant struggling. Right. Take that pepper off and let the plant- right. put A lot of the people out there recommend topping them and they will fruit more. I, I just didn't see that. I read the logic on it. Um, it certainly just crushes maturity. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in an area where you don't care necessarily how long it takes to get a fruit off of there, then it will cause the plant to lateral. There's no doubt about it. But um, if you're in it to actually harvest pepper, I don't understand why you would do it. It doesn't really seem to, it's not gonna prove yield mm -hmm. particularly. Um, it's not necessarily picking on your high fruited varieties like your, your uh, habaneros or things like that. It may improve lateral branching, but quite honestly, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't going to make a whole lot of difference in you. Doesn't hold water. What do you? Um, the 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 process of pruning doesn't hold. No, water. No, it doesn't hold water. You're correct. Yeah, it, it, I thought you were talking about something actually. It's a, it's a southern the, the thing plant, there. Does the plant hold water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So we have covered most of that. Now here we're going to give the tidbit tips of the day. Uh, we we touched on it just a little bit. Let's talk about rotation. So you got some great pepper varieties coming out that have nematode resistance. Yeah, so we're working heavy on nematode resistance in the commercial side, and there's been nematode resistance in tomatoes for a long time. Mm -hmm. but, but some of the research that has come out, one of my colleagues in North Carolina has done a great job in pulling this out, is nematode resistance in solanums, particularly peppers and tomatoes, if you're in a small space garden, are your single best tool for managing nematode populations. Mm -hmm. um, I know your wife works a lot with raised beds, mm -hmm. and you know, in thinking through the science of it, what basically is happening is the nematodes think they can reproduce on that resistant variety. They can't and their population crashes to basically zero. What we're looking at it as is, you know, using that as an alternate to fumigants. But in a home garden space where you can't use fumigants, there's very limited nematode tools. Very limited. Uh, and so, you know, I've, I've purchased mustard from y'all and use it in my garden. And one of the things I'm gonna start doing is, is sectioning off areas where I'm gonna put nematode resistant peppers and tomatoes. And, and to then starve those nematodes. To starve them out and, and minimize, minimize my tillage, moving dirt from an, un, you know, an area where I didn't have resistant varieties to where I did, and trying to manage my populations that way. Mm -hmm. And particularly if you're gonna do like I do, which is grow oftentimes a crop behind a crop. So you grow peppers and tomatoes in the spring, you pull those up and you try to grow a fall. Uh, squash or cucumber crop on that same piece of ground, um, that will be your single best tool for managing nematodes, no doubt about it. And you, there's already a lot of good nematode resistant tomato varieties. Y'all mm -hmm. sell quite a few. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of your hot pepper varieties are naturally nematode resistant. Mm -hmm. They're just not claimed to be. Right. Um, most, if not all, your bell peppers are fully susceptible to root knot nematodes. And I want to say that the resistance out there is mainly to southern root knot nematodes. So if you live Virginia-esque north, this you, you might see it's 
call nematode resistant almost without question it's going to be southern root knot nematode resistant if you live north of virginia you're going to have northern root knot nematode species and that resistance will not be man that's going to be a game changer because us with these home gardens we're just limited on these spaces and these rotations and, and i did a video the other day talking about you know these ideal three to four year rotations where you rotate everything on this complex chart which is ideal but in the reality we live in a world where we can't always do yeah. that so that can be a game changer bringing those pepper varieties in there that we can actually starve those nematodes out so we can change our rotation and tighten it up a little bit especially raised beds can yeah. you imagine and raised beds it's going to be it's going to be a, a big deal i mm -hmm. mean uh once they're in there they're impossible to control really right. through I mean, the methods that commercial growers use are just not applicable right. to home gardeners. So you have other, you just have to go another route. Mm -hmm. And when nematode populations move, they can change and they can cycle through real fast. I lost my okra this year to nematodes. Okra um, is probably the worst yeah. thing for nematodes. <laughs> yeah. We come up with a nematode resistant okra, we got some. Yeah, don't don't hold your breath <laughs> yeah. on that one. But but it, it seems reasonable that over time, where you put your, if you're going to nematode resistant tomatoes, that's exactly where you put your pepper, your right. okra the next year. Right, it is. Yep. All right, so that's great. We got nematode resistant peppers coming. That's going to help us out a great deal. All right, folks, it's time to do our garden spotlight of the week. I'm going to have to put them specs on right here, and I want to show you all this sweet little gal right here. This is, this is Mabry. And Mabry, see her there in the garden? She's got her little basket there. She came ready to harvest. And I want to show a picture here of her, if I can find it, of her peas and her squash and everything. And she is so proud of her garden. That's fantastic. But now look at this one right here. Sweet little Mabry there at the county fair. And she won best of show with her ribs at the county fair with her horse gentry squash and her jambalaya okra. Does it get any more precious than that? How about that? Well, thank you, Mabry, and thank you, Tanya Taylor from Mountain Home, Arizona, Zone 7, for sending in your pictures. We could enjoy Mabry and tell Mabry to go girl. That's, that's a great compass right there. Many more blue ribbons for Many me. more, many more. And uh, Peter, I know you've been you've been waiting anxiously on this corny joke. I have. Yep. Why didn't the green pepper practice archery? Oh boy. I don't know. Because it didn't have an arrow. Folks, feel free to use that at your local football game, your church, <laughs> church gathering, or whoever will stand there and listen to you. That's a great <laughs> one there. Why didn't the green pepper practice archery? Because it didn't have an arrow. Oh, well. Yeah. Thank you. And, oh, we got to do the, the old goat draw. Yeah. If you found the old goat last week, it, right? Last week, we're going to do draw. But if you find the old goat this week, on the uh, the show put it in your comments below and we'll draw next week for this week but we're drawing this week for last week's old goat drawing and if you win you will get some coveted horse merchandise who we got right there we have let me put it up here we got pamela allen congratulations yeah heck yeah Pamela sent us your shipping address to custserve and we will get you a wonderful prize sent out well, thank you, Peter, for joining us. Anytime. It's great to have you. Glad Interesting to, to get your insights on pepper. And we got some great things coming here. Everybody loves green pepper. 
Yep. We don't need that much pepper in our guard, but we need a few out there. Yeah, it's one of those things that you uh, don't need a lot of it, but you always need it. Yeah, in the kitchen garden especially. Kitchen garden especially, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, folks, thank you. Now it's time for you to get off that phone and get off that couch and get dirty. <laughs>